Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. I don't know about you, but I personally can't believe that 2018 is almost over and that this is my last show of the year. Um, there's been so much happening over the past year in my life. You know, as you all know, I moved down to Guatemala. I launched this show. I, I finished up my second book and found a publisher for it. I did a bunch of writing and, you know, I fully immersed myself in another culture. So it's been a huge year for me. And uh, with everything that's happened, I have an awful lot to be grateful for. And this past week, I was reminded of how many blessings I have in my life. Uh, one of my Guatemalan friends, the, the one who built my house for me, asked me to go with him to uh, Santa Elena, which is the, the large city about half an hour from the village I live in. And he asked me to go with him to help him pick up some things for my friend Alex's house. Uh, Alex is a friend of mine from San Francisco. He's building a house next door, and my Guatemalan friend is overseeing the building of his house as well. So we ran a bunch of errands, and uh, it ended up taking far more time than we had thought, which is often the case here in Guatemala. And uh, we decided to get lunch before heading back to El Ramate. We went to my friend's favorite restaurant to eat. He had worked there years ago and, and just loves the food. So we always go there. And, of course, we got to talking as we were waiting for the food. He's a few years younger than me. Uh, he has four children and a d really deep desire that each of his children has a, a better life than he has had. And he's had a, a decent life, but I'll, I'll expand upon that in a minute. What's interesting is every person around the world that I've spoken with shares this desire. I've met people in Cambodia and Japan and over in Europe and throughout South America, and they all say the same thing. I want my child to have a better life than I do or I have had. And I truly believe that this is one way that we're all connected and one thing that we all share, and this is one way we can work together to bring about positive, lasting change in the world. So, all right, I digress there for a minute. So anyway, I'm talking with my friend, and he shared with me how important it is that his children have a good education. Uh, he knows that a good education is critical to his vision of this better life for his children, and that without a good education, they won't be able to get far. Uh, he's actually, he's one of those dads who will sit down with his kids every night to discuss and review their homework. And then he takes it a step further and he actually makes up homework exercises for his kids uh, so that they, so that he can make sure that they fully grasp whatever content it is that they're learning and, and doing the homework about. Uh and I commend him for that. I mean, I think it's amazing that he does that. And uh, I wish that, you know, that were more commonplace. But then he told me something that I had kind of thought, but I wasn't really quite sure, but he confirmed for me. He told me that he didn't have the opportunity to go to school like his children have had the opportunity. So he was one of a dozen children and times were tough. Right? When you have that many children, it's difficult. 
the family didn't have a whole lot of money for extras beyond food and clothing. And unfortunately, uh, paying for and going to school had to move into the extras category for his family. Here in Guatemala, public school is not free. Uh, the, the infrastructure is different here in Guatemala. So for a child to go to public school, they need to pay a annual enrollment fee. They need to buy the school uniform. They need to pay a monthly stipend, and that stipend goes towards things like helping to pay for the teacher's salary, uh, paying for the electricity and the water, uh, and any other materials. And then the student has to buy all of the, the materials that they need individually for their classes. So they have to buy the books or the notebooks that they will then copy the content from the book that exists in the classroom in so that they have their own copy of the book. Uh, they have to buy their paper and their pencils and their pens and their crayons and their rulers and any materials they need for projects. Uh, so public education is, is not free there. And for my friend's family, um, it was too much for them to do for uh, 12 children. And he said that he really considered himself fortunate because he was able to go to grammar school for six years. So he went from, you know, first to sixth grade before having to drop out to work and help uh, help his family make ends meet. And he told me that that was the same for his siblings as well. Um, the boys typically got to go a little longer because they were the ones who would be definitely working outside of the home, whereas the, the young girls maybe only had a two or three years of school before helping, uh, helping out around the home and, and helping work. But he told me, you know, even when he was going to school, it was not a picnic for him. Um, they lived in a small house, it had a dirt floor, and at the time, the village he lived in didn't have uh, running water in it. In fact, his village didn't get running tap water until just a few years ago. And so every morning at 5 o'clock, he, his father, and a couple of his older siblings would each take one of those large five-gallon plastic buckets, and they would walk about three and a half miles to the lake that's in the town that I live in now. They'd fill up the buckets, and they'd carry them you know, the three and a half miles back to their village. And unfortunately, going back to their village meant that they also had to carry the full buckets up a really steep and large hill. Like it's the type of hill if you're a bike rider, you really have to train hard for because it doesn't seem to end. Um, and then when he got home from school, he would go and make another walk to the lake to get more water for the family. When he got married over 20 years ago, he and his wife and the children, when they came along, continued doing this routine, right? They had a small house uh, with a dirt floor, um, but my friend really vowed that he would be, make it different for his children, and he's worked hard at that, and so he, had, he has actually made that happen. So he's come to the United States twice. He worked long hours and saved as much money as possible so that he could provide for his family because a U.S. dollar goes far further in Guatemala than a Guatemala Quetzal. So his family now lives in a very nice house. They have a ceramic tile floor. Um, they have running water now because the town now has it. And I'd say they're, they're akin to a typical middle-class family, um, but it's because of his hard work that that happened. And he's made sure that his children will have 
all of them will have the opportunity to go to school. So his oldest son has graduated from uh, the Guatemalan version of high school and is starting night classes at the local university this year. His second son will graduate from high school uh, in January and uh, is looking into going into a university probably in another year so he can work and save some money to help pay for his university. Uh, He has a 10-year-old daughter, and she is number one in her class. She's been number one in her class for a couple of years now, and uh, she's really interested in STEM Uh, some type of STEM career right now, whether that's science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. She's great at all of them. And I have no doubt that when his two-year-old son is old enough that he'll go to school as well. And, you know, my friend's life experience is really rich and varied. Um, You know, he's been to the U.S. a couple times. He's done a variety of different kinds of work. And uh, I often go to him for advice. He uses... uh, the wisdom that he's gained from his life experience to raise his children, who are all a joy to be around. Uh, They're well-mannered, they're well-adjusted, and they enjoy joking around with, you know, Tia Jenny. Um, And at the same time, they're not afraid of hard work because he's instilled in them the, um, the work ethic that if you work hard, you can achieve what you want in your life. And I have no doubt that each one of them will go far in life. But the thing about my friend, and I know I've I've told a rather long story here, is that in spite of all of his personal hardships and the realities of his life and the difficulties that he's had, you know, you'd think that he might be discouraged or bitter or even maybe jealous of what he sees in the lives of others, right? But he's exactly the opposite. He's probably one of the happiest people I know. And he is truly content with every blessing in his life. Uh, He doesn't appear to have an envious bone in his body. I've never seen him uh, show anything uh, along the lines of envy. And I trust him explicitly. I mean, he has a full set of keys to my house and my truck. And, uh, you know, when I travel, he can come and go as he pleases. And I've, I've never questioned or even thought to question uh, his honesty and, and his, his morals and ethics. Uh, you know, I've known him and his family now for about two years, and every day I learn something new from them. And so this past week, you know, as we were sitting in that restaurant and he was telling me this story about his life and, and you know, education and all of that, you know, his gift to me during that conversation was a reminder to be grateful for the many blessings I have in my life, especially those blessings that perhaps I take for granted, such as, you know, free public education. And to remember that not everyone has had the opportunities that I have had. So with all that in mind today, I want to talk about recognizing our blessings and being grateful for them. You know, in our U.S. society, we're we're a pretty consumer-driven society, and it can be difficult for us to recognize and be grateful for our blessings because of what we see on TV and what we see online. Uh, we, We may end up focusing on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And it can be even more difficult for us to do this during the holidays with all of the commercials and the expectations and Uh, the I wants, I wants, I wants that go on during this time. Um, And so today, let's talk about recognizing our blessings and being grateful for them. 
and call in with your thoughts or your questions. The number here is 323-870-3896. So why is gratitude and counting your blessings important? I mean, sure, it's a great way to go through life, and you can say, well, you're probably happier if you're grateful for what you have, and that's true. Um, But you know, it goes far deeper than that. According to a 2015 Psychology Today article, uh, they quoted a number of different scientific studies that highlight the benefits of being grateful. And some of the things that the various studies found were that a person, the first one, you know, a person who's grateful is more likely to have more personal relationships and friendships because people generally want to be with friends people, other, you know, have friends uh, that appreciate them. And a simple thank you to a stranger can show that you have the value of appreciation. So, you know, think about that for a second. When, when we're more grateful, when we count our blessings, when we say even a simple thank you to a stranger or smile or, or show appreciation, that stranger is more likely to say, hey, this might be a person that I'd want to be friends with or maybe work with or, you know, have some type of a business partnership or whatever it is, right? A simple smile and a thank you can go far in terms of cultivating a relationship. Another study found that when you're grateful, you also have improved physical health. In fact, people who are grateful tend to have fewer aches and pains. They tend to exercise more and they tend to have regular checkups. And all of these things lead to improved physical health. Another study showed that grateful people have improved psychological health as well, which means that they are less likely to have or hold on to toxic emotions such as envy, resentment, or anger. Uh, And as an added bonus, and I mentioned this earlier, grateful people typically have increased levels of happiness and reduced levels of depression. So if you're ever feeling blue or, or feeling depressed, you know, and I know depression is a, you know, is a clinical disorder and it requires medical attention and, and often some treatment, but one thing you can add to your whole treatment program is learning to count your blessings and be grateful for what you have in your life. Gratitude also increases your ability to have empathy for others and reduces aggression and a desire for retaliation even when you're in a negative situation. So let's say you are, oh, I don't know, you're out shopping during the holidays and you're you're circling the parking lot looking for that empty parking space and you see one and you put your blinker on and then before you have a chance to pull in, some guy cuts you off and gets in there, right? Um, If you are a more grateful person, you will probably... uh, At the very least, release your anger and say, okay, I'll find another one. You might be irritated for a moment. Of course, that's natural and that's human. But the likelihood of you getting to the point where you either stalk the guy in the store or ram your car into his car is pretty low because your empathy levels are increased. And you might even tell yourself something like, hmm, well, maybe he, this driver has an emergency or only has five minutes or whatever, and you just move on with your day. Uh, without holding on to those negative feelings. Another benefit of one of the studies that they found stated that grateful people sleep better. 
Uh, and in the study that they quoted, participants that wrote uh, in a gratitude journal for even just 10 to 15 minutes before going to bed slept better and longer than those that didn't journal. In addition, grateful people have improved self-esteem and they have a reduced need to compare themselves to others which I think is probably one of the core tenets of being grateful, quite frankly, right? Um, they could, when we don't compare ourselves to others, we don't come to a place where we feel we're lacking or less than other people. We're comfortable with who we are. We're comfortable with what we have in our lives. Uh, it doesn't mean that we aren't striving to improve ourselves or our condition, but what it means is that when you are grateful, you can be truly appreciative of other people's accomplishments without feeling jealous or without feeling inferior uh, to the person who has just gotten that raise or that promotion or that new car. And finally, gratitude increases mental strength and resilience. So one study found that gratitude has a significant impact on overcoming trauma and even lowering rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. So when we're grateful, um, we can release trauma even more. And I know I've said many times, I say this with my, to my clients all the time, when we're, we're talking about something that's going on in their lives, and maybe it's a, a childhood wound, or maybe it's a current situation, or a loss of a relationship, or whatever it is that's causing trauma and distress, I often say to my clients, where's the gift? What's the gift that this situation is bringing to you? Um, and when you look for the gift, it shifts the energy around that trauma that you're in, and it allows you to process the, the trauma or the situation much easier, much more quickly, and to do so with gratitude and empathy and love for yourself and potentially even for others involved in the situation. Some other things that gratitude can do, other benefits, it includes uh, increasing your patience level, having increased levels of self-care, and increased willpower. So you'd think, I mean, I just listed off a whole slew of things that gratitude can do for you. You would think with all of these benefits uh, that being grateful would be a no-brainer and we would all just go about and do it and, you know, that would be that. But the truth is, uh, it's not always easy to be grateful. One thing that may make it difficult to be grateful is having a habit or a mindset of looking for the negativity in life. And some of us are just wired that way. Um, and actually, you know, there have been studies shown that, uh, you know, during caveman times, having that, I won't say it, uh, wired for negativity, but being on the lookout for anything that might happen that could harm you, such as, you know, that saber-toothed tiger or whatever, um, was a defense mechanism and it allowed you to survive. So this idea of looking for the negativity in life is one that we all have to some degree or another. Uh, so if you see the world, you know, the glass as half empty uh, and are so used to looking at your world this way, switching to that half full perspective can be quite difficult and it can take some time. 
Uh, it's like our minds are so used to thinking in a certain way that we've gotten into this rut and we keep going down that same rut, that same path. It's real easy to go down, right? We just keep going and going and going. It's like walking through a path in the wood. You stay in the path and the walking is easy. You get off the path and all of a sudden you're jumping over logs and climbing rocks and everything. So it takes a lot of effort to get out of those mental ruts, right? We've trained our mind to think a certain way. And so you actually have to go and train your mind to think differently, to see the world uh, as more of a half full perspective, a, a grateful perspective. And this takes work. Another thing that can make it difficult for some people to be grateful is uh, related to our, uh, what I'll call our go-to personality traits or our emotions. Uh, so for example, someone who's envious or materialistic might find it very difficult to be grateful because the emotions or that state of envy or materialism uh, may force a comparison between yourself and others. And as I mentioned before, when we make a comparison like that, especially when we have a envious or materialistic mindset, eventually we're going to end up feeling less than the other person, right? Because we're going to see their life, of course, only a small portion of their life and we're going to say, oh, they have a better car or we'll keep comparing ourselves to other people. And eventually, you know, you're going to find somebody who's got more money than you, has a bigger house than you, has, I don't know, the children you wish you want, you, you had, the car you wish you had, all of this. And when you do that, of course, it's very difficult to be grateful for what you have because you're constantly coming from a place of lack or a place of less than. But the good news is that even if you are more wired to be negative and ungrateful, whether it's because you tend to see, you know, the glass half empty or because you tend to feel envious or materialistic or have some type of emotional or personality trait, right, or any other reason for that matter, you can train yourself to be grateful with practice. And gratitude, like courage, and I know I talked about courage a few weeks ago, is a muscle that can be exercised and get stronger with use. And the even better news is that you don't need to work out your gratitude muscle for an hour a day to see impact, right? It's not like doing abs. Uh, spending even just 10 to 15 minutes a day practicing gratitude can make a huge difference. I mean, the, the study that looked at people who spent 10 to 15 minutes writing in a gratitude journal showing that they sleep better proves just that. So let's talk about how you can work out your gratitude muscle so that you start to cultivate more of a gratitude perspective in your life. I am taking calls, so call in with your questions and your thoughts. The number here is 323-870-3896. And reminder, you're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, uh, coming to you from Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and today we're talking about recognizing and counting your blessings and cultivating gratitude in your life. So let's talk about how you can, in fact, work out your gratitude muscle. Well, one of the things I've already mentioned before is to keep a gratitude journal. Uh, spend a few minutes each evening before bed uh, for that added benefit of better sleep or first thing in the morning so that you're starting your day off with a, a wonderfully positive mindset and write down things that you're grateful for. It could be something that happened that day something that makes you smile, 
or even something you take for granted until you discover that what you're taking for granted isn't available to all, right? When I do my gratitude journal, I always try to come up with at least three things that I'm grateful for. And I look for them in different areas of my life so that my gratitude is, you know, kind of evenly or balanced uh, throughout my life, evenly spread out or balanced throughout my life. So, for example, I may come up with something about my physical health that I'm grateful for, uh, maybe something about my work, something related to friends and family, um, or I may change it up by adding something about my mental or emotional state, maybe uh, my ability to do something in my life or something that I see in the world that brings me joy. Whatever it is, uh, when, when you are writing your gratitude journal, um, make sure what you write down is different every day. I mean, sure, we can always be grateful for, uh, you know, having a, 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 loving, a loving spouse, for example, but make it different every day. The second thing, and this is similar to a gratitude journal, is counting your blessings, right? So counting your blessings can help you see the good things in your life as well. Uh, give yourself a daily challenge of coming up with, I don't know, five, seven, ten blessings a day. And much as with the gratitude journal, challenge yourself to come up with new things every day so that you can continue to see the many, many blessings that you have in your life. So I mentioned before uh, you know, this idea of you know, your spouse, the love of your spouse being something. Here's, here's an example of how you may make it different. So to say daily that you're grateful for the love of your spouse, uh, while that's something wonderful to be grateful for, it can lose its effectiveness on helping you feel grateful over time if you just say, oh, I'm so grateful that my spouse loves me. Oh, I'm so grateful my spouse loves me. Uh, it, it loses its freshness. It loses its, its interest point. Uh, because it's just the same thing over and over again. Instead, when you're counting your blessings or when you're doing your gratitude journal, um, challenge yourself to get more specific. So if one day, for example, you say you're grateful for how your spouse shows his or her love by cheering you on after you go after your dreams, and then another day you say, gee, I'm really grateful for how my spouse shows his or her love by laughing at my really bad corny jokes, suddenly you're starting to see all of the ways that you're grateful for your spouse and all of the aspects of your spouse that um, show how your spouse loves you, right? So you have a much larger view of things to be grateful for. And, you know, going back to what I started this little bit about, you're keeping the things you're grateful for fresh and different um, so it's reminding you just, oh gosh, there's even more to be grateful for, right? Uh, rather than uh, having this one line repeated over and over again, that becomes a st almost a stale thought. Another way that you can exercise gratitude and, and really practice that gratitude is to compare where you are today with a time in your past where things weren't quite as good, right? So just being able to see how much better your life is today can really help you start to discover a lot of things to be grateful for. So, for example, uh, when I was 18 years old, I moved into my first apartment. Uh, it was a three-story walk-up, and it had a living room, an eating kitchen, a bedroom, and a bathroom. And, of course, I was 18 years old. I was fresh out of high school and was working at a restaurant. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of money. Money was a little bit tight for me. Um, and this apartment was the best that I could afford. 
Uh, I paid $65 a week rent. I wish I had that same rent today. That would be beautiful. But anyway, I paid $65 a week rent. And at the time when I moved in there, I was ecstatic. And I did truly love that apartment. And I enjoyed living there while I was there. But, you know, let's face it, at that price, even at the time, it didn't have many of the extras uh, that I've gotten used to with apartment buildings as I've progressed in my life. So, um, you know, have, it didn't have an in-an-apartment washer and dryer, for example, um, and I'd have to walk a couple blocks to the laundromat until the landlords finally put a coin-operated washer and dryer in the basement. Um, the, you know, the apartments I'm used to being in now have nicely designed and laid-out kitchen. Um, my first apartment had a huge kitchen, but it was old, and there wasn't much counter space. It was actually a whole lot of wasted space the way it was laid out. Um, you know, apartments today, designated parking. Uh, while there was none with my first apartment, uh, I'd have to drive around looking for street parking. And while none of these things uh, that I just mentioned about my apartment were necessarily bad, uh, by my comparing my living situation today or my most recent apartment I lived in in the past, for example, uh, to what my first apartment was, I'm able to feel gratitude for all the things that have happened since that first apartment that I was really grateful for when I moved into it, right? Um, but I'm able to feel gratitude for the things that have become more commonplace in my life and the, the, the many gifts that have come to me in terms of my work and the flow of abundance that have allowed me to have a nicer apartment or a nicer living situation. So comparing a previous time to where we are today uh, can help us identify things that maybe we take for granted in our life right now. If you have difficulty with looking at your life and comparing now to a time in the past that was, you know, uh, I won't say bad, but, you know, different from, from your life situation today, um, you could compare the blessings you have in your life to people in other places like third world countries or war ravaged countries or some type of horrible situation. Um, but the trick is with this is to make sure you're doing this comparison from a place of gratitude rather than from a place of trying to feel superior to others, right? Feeling superior to others is not gratitude. That's a very negative uh, state of being and gratitude is love based, right? So for an example, um, as I started off, since I've been in Guatemala, I've had a much greater appreciation and deep gratitude for my grammar, junior high and high school education that I received, and the opportunities that education brought to me that I took for granted uh, around my career and my life. But I don't walk around saying I'm a better person than the people I've met here in Guatemala. Instead, I'm grateful for the blessings and the opportunities presented to me. And I have empathy and compassion for people who have not had these opportunities. Right? I recognize that, quite honestly, I was lucky to have had those opportunities. It truly was you know, the birth pool lottery that I won that gave me those opportunities and nothing else. And... Uh, and recognizing that it was luck rather than, you know, me being entitled to those opportunities. So, again, if you have difficulty looking back, you can try that type of comparison, but make sure you're doing it from a place of gratitude and love. Another thing you can do 
is look for ways to express your gratitude every single day. So it doesn't need to be a big gesture, although those are always fun, right? But it can be as simple as saying a heartfelt thank you to everyone that does something to help you that day. Uh, Whether that person helped you write the report for work or did your dry cleaning or simply opened the door for you because your hands were full. Maybe you asked to speak to the manager to compliment the customer service rep or the server that went out of their way to help you while you were at their store or online. Or perhaps you write a thank you letter or an email to someone. Whatever it is, when you practice gratitude in this manner, you do so, I'll say, quote, real time as you experience or remember that action, the actions of another. So combine your expression of gratitude with a smile, and I promise you, that you will make the day of the recipient. And really, there isn't anything better than helping another person feel good and appreciated. And those little words of thank you might be the only positive interaction that person has all day, and they may hold on to it, and it may help them get through the day. Tied to the concept of expressing gratitude, you can also look for ways that others have helped you beyond the people that you have a physical interaction with. So you only have to do this for five minutes to realize the enormity of the people and situations that have done something to help you on your life journey. For example, so let's say you make smoothies for breakfast. So as you're making your breakfast smoothie, you can reflect on what went into the banana that you're holding in your hand that you're about to put in your blender, right? The banana tree was the thing that produced the banana, right? So that needed to be, you know, have some rich soil and sufficient sun and rain so that the banana tree could grow. So we can be grateful for the soil and the sun and the rain. Uh, It needed to be growing somewhere where it wouldn't have the risk of being cut down to build a shopping mall. There needed to be someone to tend to the banana tree, keeping its branches trimmed or weeding out other trees or plants that would rob the banana tree from all the nutrients it needed to create the banana itself. Someone needed to be watching the banana to know when it was the perfect time to pick it so that it would be perfectly ripe when it ended up in your hands. Then someone, maybe it was someone else, would need to pick the banana and put it in a crate for shipment to wherever you are. Someone had to make the crate, and you could keep going down that path, right, of being grateful for the person who made the crate, for the tree that supplied the wood for the crate, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then with the banana, you know, it gets shipped off to you to the store where you bought it from, which means gratitude for the people that drove the truck or captained the boat or flew the airplane and all the people and materials that created the means of transportation. And then for the store, Uh, for the people who worked in the store, the people that paid you to make the money so you can go buy the banana. It just goes on and on, right? I mean, this is just one banana, but you can already see, I don't even know how many I listed there. There's at least 30 or 40 things that you could be grateful for just for this one banana. The point of this exercise is to see how many people work together to get you to that one banana that you're holding and about to put in your smoothie and feel gratitude for them for doing so. Uh, So often, I think we are disconnected from others, right? We're disconnected from everything that needs to happen to bring us that banana or bring us that article of clothing that we wear or the car that we drive or the work that we do, right? And we tend to just disassociate from all that work that goes into it. And that 
disconnects us from other human beings. So when we do an exercise like this, it allows us to reconnect and appreciate the work that everybody does and the actions that others take because then we can see how their work and their actions are benefiting us and we can say in heartfelt thank you to them. Another thing you can do is focus your prayers or your petitions on saying thank you instead of I want or send me or give me. Uh, There's a lot of times when we pray where we have a whole list of things that we want to occur, uh, or as I call them, the list of demands, right? And even when we are asking on behalf of another person, you know, please universe, please God, uh, please Allah, whatever it is that we say, help my cousin heal from cancer, we're usually not coming from a place of gratitude. When you shift your prayers from I want to thank you, you change the entire dynamics of the prayer. So suddenly, instead of demanding that your cousin be cured of cancer, you're saying things like, thank you, universe, God, Allah, for the beautiful day that I just had with my cousin. I'm so grateful that we were able to share our memories of our grandparents and laugh until we cried. And you can just feel how different the energy is around that. And what it does is, when we move from I want to thank you, Um, It allows us to appreciate every moment that we have every day, which is how we should be living in the first place. We should be living in the now. We should appreciate every interaction that we have with our cousin or our other family members or friends. Um, Because then when it is someone's turn to pass on, we have a lifetime of happy memories and wonderful memories with them. You can also look for the gift uh, in terms of practicing gratitude and then express your gratitude for it from each of the difficult and challenging times in your life. And I know I mentioned that before, but maybe, for example, the death of your mother taught you the depth of love that you and she had for each other or perhaps losing your job and all of the stress that went with trying to find a new one opened up the door for you to discover what it really is that you love doing and what your purpose is in life, right? Another thing you can do is volunteer. Uh, I'll say this is the, the last one on the list, right? Volunteer. Volunteering is a great way to feel more grateful in your life, whether by seeing the blessings you have or by feeling the joy in helping others, or being thankful for having the skills to help others. Uh, volunteering, in fact, is you know, one of those things that if I could write a prescription to everybody in the world, uh, it would be to volunteer and help others. Because when we are doing for others, we're connecting to our hearts. Uh, we are bringing our true self forward, and we're doing it in a way that spreads that love and uh, joy and happiness to others. And it just grows and grows and grows from there. Um, Volunteering, while it is on paper about helping others, uh, what it really does is help ourselves even more. And uh, I can't think of any time for me personally when I volunteered where I, I leave that volunteer situation regretting that time that I've spent volunteering. Even when, you know, it's a a challenging volunteering situation, uh, whether it's serving meals up at a soup kitchen or being a volunteer on a board of directors for a nonprofit that's going through some upheaval um, and some challenging times, 
I always feel really good about myself uh, and and bring the best of me forward to that situation. Uh, so when I when I finish, I walk away feeling lighter and more energetic and happier than I have when I walked in. So volunteer. Uh, that's definitely one of the things that I would say uh, everyone should do, uh, not just to express gratitude and to feel gratitude and to cultivate that, that kind of mindset, but just in general to help make the world a better place. So I know um, we've got about five minutes left of the show here. And I, I started off the show talking about that experience that I recently had with my friend here in Guatemala who didn't have the benefit of education like I did, right? And I shared that I was grateful for uh, the fact that I was able to recognize blessings that I have in my life. And I was able to recognize blessings that perhaps I had taken for granted because I didn't know or I did know, but I didn't fully understand the implications of me being born in a country where public education was free and available to all versus being in a country where it wasn't. Um, But this one interaction that I had, like many interactions that I have, goes so much deeper than, than that recognition. As, as I reflect on the conversation that I had with my friend, I realize that beyond the, the gratitude that I have for my education lottery uh, that I was born into, I'm also grateful that I have such a wonderful friend who is there for me. Um, this particular friend um, is, is one that I know I can call at any time. And he or one of his family members will be right there for me. Uh, As a matter of fact, last year when I was down here living in a little thatch roof hut in the same village, I was doing an Airbnb, uh, all of a sudden one afternoon I got really sick. I mean, like it hit me like a ton of bricks and I never get sick. And I texted one friend who then texted this other friend, the, the one that I was talking with, and within five minutes, he was at my house in his car with his son, um, and they drove me to the nearest hospital, which was 40, 40 or so minutes away. Uh, they brought me to the, quote, good hospital, where they had doctors who had studied in the U.S. and spoke English, which was great for me. Um, and he, he's, he's brought it up since then. He said, you know, I was never so scared. I've never seen you look like that before. But this is a friend who will drop everything and just be there when I need help. Um, and I'd like to think that I'm the same with him, right? But I am so grateful for my friends that are like this, that I can count on through thick and thin. Um, I'm also grateful when I think about this particular friend here in Guatemala that that he is comfortable opening up with me and sharing his past with me because you know, not everybody is. And we all have secrets. We all have hardships. And often... We we go one of two ways, right? Uh, one one way is we, we just don't tell anybody about it and we keep it buried inside of us uh, thinking that, well, nobody's going to really know about it. Or we wear it on our sleeves and we use it to define who we are, which I call almost like a, a victim mentality. When we bury it, it's actually never gone. It colors every interaction we have and its energy is there uh, making itself known 
uh, although we may not know what what it is, but there's an energy there that that impacts our ability to have a relationship. When we wear it on our sleeves and we're, you know, quote, a victim of this situation or this experience, it obviously also colors our, our relationship. So I'm grateful that I have a friend who can open up to me like that and have a wonderful conversation with me. I'm also grateful that I have this friend who is a perfect example of living a gratitude-filled life every day and is able to take difficult or painful situations and extract the gift from it and then share that gift with others like myself and his children. I'm grateful for the wisdom that this friend shares with me and grateful that we're both able to see each other as fellow human beings with more in common than less, right, as we connect as like a brother and sister in this world that we live in. Um, And I feel gratitude for all of this in every cell of my body. When you feel gratitude this way, when when it permeates your entire being, the way you go through life is different. It's more positive, more connected, and more happy. And this is what I wish for each of you as uh, we wrap up this year and start a new year in a few weeks. If you want to learn more, you can visit me at spiritevolution.co. Uh, check out some of the services I offer and uh, download my free ebook. And then finally, you know, tune in again in two weeks. We're on an every other week schedule here. Uh, Next show will be on Wednesday, January 2nd at this time. Um, I'm going to be talking about setting your intentions for 2019 so you can live courageously and authentically. I will talk to you then. Have a great end of your year.